Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. I got two emails today from two different publications who I don't need to mention. Um, You know, it's so funny because I'm always asked, will you go back to the housewives? We've discussed this before. Will you go back to the housewives, right? And I've done many different things successfully. I have produced events for years and years. I mean, like The Rock on Alcatraz, the Grammys, the Con Air movie premiere. I've, you know, been on Skating with the Stars. I was on The Apprentice. I've you know, had a talk show. I worked for doing, for many different famous people. I was a natural food chef. I mean, you can not get away from this housewife's vortex that I'm not in anymore. Like people keep asking, are you coming back? And I keep saying, you know, yeah, March 99th. Like, it's not even a question. It's not a conversation. It's not like I'm saying, I just, it's not something it's like, am I going to play, you know, for the Patriots? I, they, they're not calling me to ask me to play for the Patriots. It's not a question right now. We're not talking about the housewives. But it's it's just constantly being discussed with me in it. So, you know, and I see it on social media everywhere. Um, so I got one email from my publicist today saying there's a book out. I don't even know what the book is called. I don't, it doesn't even matter. There's a book out about the housewives that I remember Andy Cohen coming to my house in my backyard. I can't remember if I had already asked him to do my podcast. He had said yes. So he said to me, well, will you do this housewives book? So someone was writing a book 
you know, unearthing all of the scandal and all of the secrets of the housewives. And I said, absolutely not. A, I'm not on the show. And B, I'm not interested in that. Because what I'm not interested in is people trashing other people under the guise of women supporting women. You know, we play women playing supportive women on television. So now you're going to go in this book and start telling all the dirty secrets about what really happened, which is what I always say about the housewives. It's a zero sum game. Someone's always winning. Someone's always losing. So I go tell my story uh, about somebody about something disgusting that they did. And then, you know, that they really did it. So all I'm really doing is gossiping. So where did we get then? I just said something shitty about another woman about some real story that happened or, you know, in many of these cases, it may not even be a real story that happened. So one person wrote um, that two very credible housewives, uh, you know, I'm sure they're just upstanding, credible housewives, one of who is fired and one is who is about to be fired, um, say that I set up a photo of Tom, the one who was cheating on Luann in a fucking 77 years ago. Like, A, who cares? But... um, how could I set up a photo? Am I in a, in a movie? I'm casting. Hey, Tom D'Agostino, I'd like to cast you in the role of cheater at the Regency Hotel. I never go uptown. I never go above 14th Street unless I'm going to the gynecologist. But in this fictitious world, this is the same world where months after I got engaged, the people were saying that I, I staged my swimming wearing my engagement ring, which I wear every day because Paul likes me to wear it because it, I'm engaged, but that I staged that I was going to be wearing it on the beach because housewife season trailer was coming out that day. I don't work for Bravo. I have no idea when the fucking trailer is coming out. But that day, like I sit at home like, hmm, let me guess when the trailer is coming out and let me go on the beach and let me wear my ring I've had for months. Okay, so in this case, I am a casting director that called Tom D'Agostino, who I don't fucking know, to be like, hey, listen, I know it sounds weird. I just want you to be in a bar and make out with somebody because I I have a backup photographer who's going to be standing by to take a picture because I forgot because because I'm not going on a trip to Florida with the rest of the girls where they do an engagement party from Luann and Tom. I'm not going. I'm staying in New York and there in Florida because I'm with my daughter, presumably. But then I'm going to give it to everybody on the show when I get down there. When, in fact, what really happened is a woman that I did beach walks with in the Hamptons who shall always remain nameless. I never wanted to bring her into it. She said, um, holy shit. Tom is here. It was the night before their engagement party in Florida. Tom is here because she knows him because she lives in that Upper East Side world. And they all go to the Regency every goddamn day. Like kids go to Dylan's candy store. And she said, Tom's here with a woman. And she took a picture and sent it to me. And I said it to Carol that night. I said, oh, my God, look at this picture. And I knew it. And I went down to Florida and I didn't know when I was going to say it, but I was definitely going to say it. And. I said it while in Florida towards the end of the trip. That's what really happened in the land of non-Lala psycho delusional PCP acid trip uh, delusions. Okay, that was the first one. So I'm always going to clarify here. Oh, in addition, another housewife said that I went to a funeral all about storyline because we I didn't keep a relationship after with this person. Okay. Do you don't do you ever go to funerals of people that you used to be friends with to pay your respects? Isn't that something people say you're paying your respects? 
Or did you sign a contract when you walked in? Hi, I'm coming in because someone in your family died. That means here's the contract. Now we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives, regardless of what happened in the past. Okay. I went to the funeral and yes, Bravo wanted to cover it. And yes, Jill, who said herself on the reunion, I wanted it covered. She wanted cameras there. She called Bravo and said, can you have the cameras there? I abided. Great. We're shooting a show. I'm going to pay my respects, which I did. I then took my daughter to meet Jill afterwards at a Shiva call so she would understand what a Shiva was and say hello out of respects. And that's what it was. In fact, I months before the funeral, when I heard that Bobby was not doing well, I sent him a whole basket. I sent flowers. I think I sent flowers at one point. I sent a basket from um, what's the store? Russ and Daughters. They have all these like Jewish concoctions like rugula and jelly rings and all this stuff. And I sent it to him. And Jill, in fact placed it in the press because Jill enjoys the press and that's okay. She likes it. She loves it. She always loves it. Good for her. I hope she gets back on the show. Honestly, no ill will. Whenever she texts me, I always say, I wish you well. But literally, this was probably exciting for her getting to speak about this. So yeah, I decided I wanted to go. I don't get enough opportunity to be on television. I wanted to go only to go on a funeral because right now I can guarantee you I can walk into any fucking housewives set and decide to do anything I want. I could do a cartwheel. I could have uh, get a psychic reading from John Edward. I could make cotton candy. I could fucking make macrame or, you know, sit in a padded cell. It doesn't matter. I can go on the housewives if I want. So I don't need a funeral to do so. And no, I did not sign a binding contract saying I wanted to be friends with this person for the rest of my life because I went to your funeral and it wasn't your funeral. It was your husband's funeral who I actually liked and had a nice relationship with who sent me my own personal note after getting that rugula basket. Next. Uh, one more of the, on the, on the, our brains are deteriorating and this is time you'll never get back in your life, but we're going to do it here. Ooh, more breaking news. This Justin, another former housewife says that I held a grudge against her because she didn't remember meeting me at a party before we began filming. And I was insecure and threatened by her during their filming together. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know if that, that might not even deserve a response. I'm down here. She's up there somewhere in the stratosphere of giving a fuck about what housewives books write about us 10 decades later, still clamoring and begging to be on this show that asked her to leave. And it should be noted that the three people that have asked about that have mentioned this in this book about me have been asked to leave the show. And one is, quote unquote, on the bubble. So bless their hearts. I love the opportunity I had there. But when you ask me why I don't want to go back on the housewives, it's because this is not the housewives I was on years ago and the housewives that involves being so thirsty, desperate and bored and having no side hustles or hobbies that you need to like write nonsense about things that actually don't matter. You know, that's not the world I want to live in. So I don't think I'm better than anyone, but I'm definitely better than whatever that was. Thank you. Today, my guest is John Edward. He is a New York Times bestselling author, a TV personality, and a psychic medium. John worked at a deli, at a video store, and even a hospital before finally finding his calling. He shares his story of going from a total non-believer. Can you believe that he was a non-believer? 
I mean, a real skeptic of this kind of medium psychic stuff. And he discovered that he was living in the psychic realm without even realizing it. Since then, he's been committed to helping people with his psychic gift and his ability to connect people with their deceased loved ones. Whether you're a believer or not, you are not going to want to miss this one. Hi. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Where are you? It's very zen behind you. Oh, this is my like my Zen den, my bat cave, my fortress of solitude. It is the place where everything happens that I do. I like this. Where do you live? Uh, Long Island. Oh, you do? You still live in Long Island, born and yep. bred. Born oh, and bred. Where in Long Island? Huntington. Oh, okay. I went to Wheatley. So when I saw Glen Cove, I thought, uh, I thought, that, what was that restaurant? La Bussola. Italian La Bussola. Yes. Cove. Yes. Still there. Yeah. I don't still know if it's still there. there. Well, actually, right now, after the pandemic, I don't know. But so you grew up in Glen Cove. Is that middle class, upper middle class? What's the socioeconomic <laughs> uh, vibe um, of that town? I, I think the town r- runs the runs the gambit from both. Like, you know, I, I, across the, the board, you would find anybody from any socioeconomic background. I never considered myself coming from a family that was not um, wealthy. I, I never thought about it. It wasn't until my like, I want to say early thirties that I was having a conversation with a friend and we were talking about, he was, I was like building a house and long story short, you know, he said, well, you know, you kind of grew up poor. And I remember having this moment of going, no, I didn't. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, maybe I did. But the, the reference of what I would consider to be poor when it comes to finances or poor when it comes to energy they kind of one uplifted the other. So to be poor in finances, but rich in family, to me, kind of outweighed the poor in finances. But I guess when you like live in a house that's a ranch that, you know, is three or four bedrooms and eight people are living it, sharing a bathroom, maybe not the most wealthy family. Right. But it's funny you say that because, you know, I've been thinking about the homeless crisis in the United States and poor is one thing to one person versus another. And if you had food on the table and shoes on your feet, then by many people's standards, you weren't poor. But you definitely, it sounds like you, if you wanted a car when you were older, you had to work for it. It, does, it doesn't oh. sound like you had a lot of money to get what oh, you no. wanted. So <laughs> what was... Yeah, no, I, I started working. Um, I lied to get my working papers um, before I was 13 to start working at a deli washing dishes. So, and then when I turned 13, I, my, my role from, I think it was like about six months, I was in the back of the, of the kitchen just dishwashing. And it was like dish after dish, platter after platter. But while I was washing all these dishes, I was asking the person who was running the kitchen, all of their questions. Like, what were you doing? Why were you doing that? What's the point of oiling the grill? What do you use to clean the grill? Wow, that's a mess. Like all of those questions. Why do you do it like this? Why do you do it like that? And about five months into that job, there was an employee crisis and the guy quit. The guy just up and quit. And the owner of the deli was in a panic because, you know, here it was like five o'clock in the morning that I had showed up for work and the guy didn't show. And the, uh, the owner's name was Eli and Ellie. And he said, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember like looking at him, I went, I got it. And he's like, what? And I started doing everything that I had watched the guy do. And he looked at me and he goes, why do you know how to do that? And I was like, well, it's kind of boring washing dishes. So I would ask the guy how he prepped. And then Ellie said to me, you, you need to do it like this. And I just like looked at him and I went, dude, I got this. And I did. 
And I ran the kitchen that day and I like, you know, did the morning and on Long Island, you know, the deli trade is huge. Mm -hmm. Like you're Massive. doing like hundreds of egg sandwiches and they like throw right. them at you. And I loved it. I kept up. And then he promoted me to manager of the deli at like that age. Oh my God. Yep. I became, wow. the, I became the night manager. And then, um, so the message is that, you know, I, I that's so funny. I always say everything is your business. Yep. And don't ever think you're too high and mighty for it. Otherwise, just don't do it because, you know, you never know where you can learn a skill set. Well, so I, 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 got I get that completely. That thing, I got that from my mom because one night when I came back from the deli, she goes, how's work? And I was like, eh. And she goes, what's that mean? I said, well, it was kind of really slow. And Ellie was kind of OCD. So he always had us like his motto was, if you were not busy, if there was not a client, he said, get the piss piss. And the piss piss was the Windex. And that meant you were cleaning everything. And this one day he wanted us cleaning the cases, the grout of the cases of the, of the soda cases. And they were greedy and they were dirty and it was disgusting. So I was complaining to my mother that I didn't want to do that. And she looked at me, we were at a light and she went, are, are you saying that you think that's beneath you? And I looked mm. at her and I went, no, I'm just saying it's disgusting. And she goes, right. But you're saying it with a certain tone. Do you think mm -hmm. that that's beneath you? And I went, I don't think I am. She goes, well, it sounds like you are. She goes, and as far as I'm concerned, if that's your job, she goes, you do it to the best of your ability because your name's attached to it. So she goes, you make sure that the cases that you clean are the cleanest one in the store. Perfect. And because right, if you're not doing it, someone's doing it, that would mean that you, you're, it's beneath you because you, someone has to do it. Right. And uh, yeah, and I find that, so that's why I kind of asked that question about your upbringing and your family because work ethic and how it's instilled into kids is really important so young and on the show we hear people talking about stories yeah when someone was seven years old and work ethic for us as parents is so important to instill and hard when we ourselves have created our own success but it it does drive you your whole entire life 100 finds yep. your path yep interesting um, how many kids were you from eight kids? You said or eight. Oh, no, people? no, no. I live. I'm, I'm an only child, but my mom was, oh. my mom was one of 11. So she was number nine out of 11 and grandma's house was like, you know, the hub of activity. And that was where Glen Cove was. That's where I went to school. Um, got it. But like every Sunday at my grandma's house, you could have anywhere from 20 and 40 people showing up for like Sunday dinner. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Imagine a sharp, stabbing pain on your skin. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful, blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. If someone says to you, what do you do for a living? What do you say? Um, you, what are you? If somebody doesn't know who I am, Right. Play airplane. I, what, do, what do you do? I'm a writer. You're a writer. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. They go, and what do you write? What do you write? I go, I write books. And they go, oh. And then they go, what do you write on? I go, parapsychology and metaphysics. And usually the conversation ends right there because they don't know what right. that is. So it, it gives me an out. Right. <laughs> because that's what you ultimately inside think of yourself as a writer first and foremost or because you don't want to get into the whole thing because then it's like a whole co- long conversation. Correct. Because I don't really want to get into it. Okay. So because usually if yeah. so you're you, you meet someone that you you really get close to and they ask you, what do you what do you what do you do for a living? What, what do you really feel? Um, no, then I'm yeah, then I'm, I'm direct and I'll say, well, I do psychic work. You know, I'm a psychic medium. This is this is the work that I do. I lecture. I teach. I've written books. I've done TV shows like I will explain the whole realm of, of what it is and then wind up getting into every question that they have about the subject matter that it might, um, that might appeal to them. Okay. And I would imagine that it must be very, it's, it's great. You don't, you know where you came from, but every single person wants to pull at you. And I'm just curious about, we'll get into later your personal energy because everyone taking from you, I would imagine takes away from you being focused and centered for your craft, if I can call it that. So starting Mm -hmm. from the beginning, uh, I read a little bit, but I want to hear from you how you feel that you have this gift. People always say, I felt that I had a gift for you. It sounds like someone told you that you might have a gift. So what were signs in your life that you then flash back to? And then what did this person say to you? So just to give the the background, mom's side, very Italian, very big, very open, 
somewhat mystical you know they would believe in the maloikia and they'd believe in the evil eye and all that kind of stuff they would have psychics come to the house and they would do like house parties with psychics but yet very religious superstitious a little bit superstitious but but right. religious my grandmother had like an altar in her bedroom that can rival the church you know what i'm saying like pray, pray twice a day did the rosary twice a day very very into a belief system my dad and I, hold on sorry to interrupt but so religion often you're finding that religion often connects to psychic because people think there's something else there there's more to it there's heaven someone's gone someone someone's somewhere else there's a belief and a philosophy okay. that's attached okay that side irish less communicative um not so warm and fuzzy uh dad was a new york city police officer a career military guy uniform militant psychic stuff not real and i don't want my son around that so between you know up until the age of 13 Whenever any of that stuff was happening at my grandmother's house, I was not allowed to be around it. So I was kind of shielded from it. It's crazy gypsies to them. It's someone with a tent out. Yeah. He did not like it. It was just not something he wanted me around. And my mom respected that. She was like, you know, no worries. Um, We separated from my dad when I was 13. We moved into the house in Glen Cove. um, And that was the hub where all of these things happened. So my mom had the philosophy between like 13 and 15. She was like, if for some reason you're talking to your dad, which I didn't do that often, she mm-hmm. goes, do not tell him that, you know, there's a card reader coming on Sunday or don't say that there was a seance last or whatever it was that they were doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to bring that up anyway. Cause I think you guys are batshit crazy. So like, I'm not, right. you know, it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, no, not even a worry. Right. Long story short, when I was 15, um, there was a, a little bit of a concern health wise for me that I didn't have a concern, but the doctor did. And my mom wound up having a reading with a psychic in Manhattan, a woman by the name of Lydia Clark. And Lydia told her that there was going to be nothing wrong with my health. Don't worry about it. Turned out she was accurate. It was fine. But the, my mom said, hey, listen, we love psychic stuff. Would you ever come to like the house to do readings? We can get you a number, a number of people. And she politely said, I don't normally do that, but I will do it under one condition. And my mom was like, yeah, name it. You know? And um, <laughs> she goes, I want to meet your son. So my mom came home and she said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but this woman doesn't normally do that, but she's really, really amazing. And I got her to come to grandma's house, but she just wants to meet you. Can you make sure that you're here and please be on your best behavior? Wow. And I'm like, why does the freak want to meet me? Like, right. and why, like, why are you offering me up for your like, you know, wacko party? So anyway, right. the lady came and Bethany, I did like a really kind of like a, I felt like I was Craig T. Nelson from Poltergeist when the Tangina, the little medium comes into the house and she's upstairs and she asks a question and yeah. Joe Buck Williams says to him, answer her. And he goes, I, I am, but I'm answering her in my mind, you know? And then the woman turns around and she says, I don't like your questions. Well, as they were all sitting- Like you're trying grocery- to trick her, you're totally closed. Well, I wasn't, here's what I did. As they were all sitting around the dining room table and she was having her tea before she went upstairs to the room to go to readings, um, there was a 19 inch RCA television, which was a huge piece of furniture in my grandmother's house. So I happened to be staring in that direction away from where, so she was over here. I was looking that direction while they were all talking. And the rest of the family and the people that were getting ready to be read by her were all kind of like nervous and like, like they were being like, almost like a schoolgirl who had a crush. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, if you're so psychic, I want you to ask me a question. If you're so psychic, I want you to ask me a question, right? So I kept saying that over and over again. If you're so psychic, I want you to ask me a question, right? So finally she had her tea and she just went like this. She went, John, right? And I like looked over and I went, uh-huh. She goes, if you 
have a question for me, I would be more than happy to address it. Wow. And I, I remember going, no, I'm good. And I looked, looked at my mother like, why is she looking at me, right? Now my mom had no idea I was doing this. Right. So this woman goes upstairs and there were 17 people on the list for her to read that day. So my grandmother was like number nine. My grandmother came downstairs and she was crying. And I looked at her and I went, why, why are you upset? What did that woman say to you to make you upset? And she says, no, 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 I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm happy. And I went, yeah, I don't really care why you're crying. I want to know what she said to make you upset. Right. And she goes, she told me that Tony was with me and that's your grandfather. Now I didn't know him in life. Right. So I was like, grandma, grandma, <laughs> I go, you were introduced to her as Mrs. Esposito. How big of a freaking stretch do you think there is that there's going to be a Tony somewhere in your family? Right. Are you serious right, right now? And she goes, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe that your grandfather who loved me more than life itself is still with me, that's your issue. How would she know he was buried with a mandolin? I didn't know that. Okay. So I was like, so I go to my mother, I go, was your father buried with a mandolin? And she went, yeah, why? I go, well, that lady told grandma that. And she goes, well, there's no way she would know that. Now, I didn't settle for that. I went to the list of people that went to the readings before my grandmother. I wanted to see if there was anybody on that list that could extrapolate, that she would have been able to extrapolate that information from and then give it to the old lady in the house. Got okay. Because this is how my brain works. Yeah. You were investigating. They, they were all, yeah. They were all, they were all like family friends. They were like friends. Right. And nobody would know that. So now I'm like, okay, then my cousin Roseanne goes. And when my cousin Roseanne goes, and she's 13 years older than I am. So at that time I'm 15. So she was 28. She had had a lot of life experience that had some things that had happened that like were adult stuff. But if you looked at her, you would have thought she was like 16, right? She comes down and she was like, holy crap. Like she knew this, 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 right? And I was like, oh, come on. And this Bro. is before like, Google everybody. This is before you yeah, can yeah, like, this, you know, social media. Yeah. This is 1985. This is right? like, you can't look so, it up. Yeah. And I, lo I looked at my cousin like, no, 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 you're like one of me. Like you and I, we banter, we make fun of these people. Right. Like, like, like what happened to you? And she's like, mm-mm. She was like, she scared the shit out of me. She's like, she knew stuff that she should not have known. She knew about this, she knew about that. She's like, you need to go. I'm like, no, I'm like, not happening. She's like, I will pay for you to go. And in that moment, I looked at my mother like, can I? And my mom said, you can go, but you have to treat her with respect. And I was like, oh, I would treat her with respect, 100%. I go, I'm just not going to help her. Okay. Like all of you, right? So I go and I sit in front of her and she takes my high school ring and she literally goes like this. She takes the high school ring, she puts it in her hand. She puts it to her forehead, right? Which is the third eye. So if people are, are not watching this and they can hear this, it's like she's holds, holding my ring and she puts it up to her forehead. She looks down and proceeds to start giving me information. So she's not looking at me. And all she says is, the reason why I'm here today is because I was told to come here to put you on your path. You have highly evolved beings of white and gold light that are ready to work with you. And I'm here to help introduce you to what you're going to do. You're going to change the way millions of people look at this subject matter. Now, Bethany, I'm literally sitting there in the room and I'm like this, like, am I like, like what? I was like waiting for, here's another old reference. I was waiting for- And like, you're Alan. the only person she's saying this to and you're the only guy there, it sounds like. I don't know this yet, right? I just know that right. this woman is like, that is like giving me this wacky information. And I'm like- right. I went from being like skeptical to like, oh, this lady's crazy. <laughs> right. Like, right. oh, she's like, she's like, right. she's delusional. Right? right. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. Right. And then she proceeded to go, you know, that was like, I, I call that strike one. Strike two comes up when she starts talking about things that are generically specific. 
when I say generically specific for about three seconds, I was like, oh my God, like, yes. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. I can apply that to like three other guys that I'm in high school with right now. Right. So now I'm like strike two, right? So I'm going down my analytical logical, right? Remember, I'm the kid in the deli. How do you do this? Why did you do that? Right. I'm looking for all of those right. things. Now I'm looking for looking this with her. Then at the end, she gives me information. And at the time I had been seeing somebody that was dating some dating somebody else. And she, my mom did not, nobody knew, right? And if my mom had known some of the circumstances, I don't think she would have been happy. So all I'm thinking about is now she's legitimately nailing this circumstance. And as she's nailing the circumstance, I'm thinking, oh my God, this woman knows my mother. Like, what if she tells her? So I go to the place of, I lied. I went, I don't know what that is. And she went like, I will never forget it. She like raised her eyebrow and she looked at me and she went, okay, well, let me give you the outcome of what you don't know. And she proceeded to give me the outcome about this girl. And she said, she's not going to wind up with the guy she's dating, who, by the way, she gave me his name. She's not going to wind up with you. She's going to wind up with the gentleman that she works with, who works with food. And in my mind, I'm like, she doesn't work with anybody food. I was like, Phew. you know, she's completely wrong. Yeah. Well, I did not know that she had a job on the weekends as a waitress and she dated the chef for five years after that. And that all got revealed within two weeks of the reading. So when I tell you that all of this, like, like blew my mind. It made me extremely uncomfortable. And I say to everybody, I didn't go, oh my God, that's amazing. I say, no, I felt like I was violated. I felt like somebody like broke into my house and went through my stuff and I didn't like it. I did not like the feeling. So right. my journey of development wasn't like, oh, I'm so psychic because she told me. My journey right. was like, okay, so clearly this woman has something I don't know how she knew. Maybe she's a mind reader, but how would she know the future? That I can't explain. But I don't like this feeling, so I want to learn more about it so nobody else could ever do that for me. I'm a control freak. I was like, I don't want that. Well, the box was opened and you couldn't shut it once that happened. So even though you hated everything, it just it woke you up and it seems like you had to explore it. It felt like she broke into my house, right? My, right. my energy house. And I didn't like yeah. it. I wanted to put the, I wanted to find the, like, how do I put an, can I put an alarm system on my energy? Like, like, what is this? So when I started to learn about the subject matter in 1985, you could, there was no new age section in bookstores, right? Really? Mm -hmm. There was no, you know, everything was under the occult. So I was embarrassed to check books out. So I would sit on the floor of the Glencove Public Library after high school and every day for hours read the books that were written about parapsychology, the occult, metaphysics. And that's where my journey really, truly began with knowledge, right? Education. Where I yeah, I started going, but this isn't psychic. Like, this is common sense. Like, we all have these, like, flashes and ideas and thoughts, right? Like, yeah, I've seen my dead grandfather as a kid. Like, that's normal. Like, nobody ever made a big deal about me seeing him. That was like, oh, that's your grandfather. Like, I grew up in that realm of it being normal and natural. So for me to be psychic was something way bigger than what I had thought it would be. Right. Yeah, we all have these things that we second guess if they're signs, if, you know, every, we all have it. Someone dies and then every single time I'm on a beach, I, I always find 
this one type of shell when I'm thinking about this person, like right. always. And it's really creepy and weird. And you sometimes wonder if it's, if it's coincidence or if it's in your mind, but everybody has had these different experiences in different ways. And I guess if you're really focused on it, I guess you can find patterns, etc. But you turn this into, um, this is your passion and your gift, um, and who you are, but this, you turned this into something successful. So how is that trajectory? You're sitting on the floor in a library and yep. you become one of the most sex successful, um, you know, respected people in this business, a legitimate person that people, uh, respect and honor in this business. Cause it is a business. So how is that trajectory? You're sitting on the floor. Now what happens? Who do you become? So I literally go from the, I like read every book that you could possibly get your hands on. And I then go to Wheatley Plaza, Blencove well. Road in mm -hmm. Greenville, right? Right. There was a, there was a Walden bookstore there right mm -hmm. next to like where Pathmark was. And I walked in the middle of the afternoon. I walked into the store and all the way in the back, they had one shelf. And I want you to understand that the shelves in the bookstore were curved like uh, the old Pan Am building, right? Mm -hmm. So it had that kind of a look. And they had like very sparse books on the subject matter, but they had a deck of tarot cards. It was called Tarot Classic that were leaning up against it. And I'm about three feet away from the, the shelf. So I'm not anywhere near it. Mm -hmm. There's one other person in the store was the manager of the store. And she was in the middle of, of the store on the floor, restocking some stuff. And as I'm standing there, like looking at like, you know, do I want to buy this? Or I want to learn about this. The deck of tarot cards fall off the shelf in front of me. Now I know for people listening to this, that sounds like crazy. Mm -hmm. And if I did not witness it, I would also think that this didn't happen, but I'm just mm -hmm. letting you know, it fell off. And the lady in the store looked at me and she went, clearly you're supposed to buy those. And I went, you, you think, right? So I bought them. Okay. So I bought the debt. I bought that book. I go home now simultaneously, my grandmother's house, her sister, my great aunt Louise comes from Staten Island to come spend seven weeks with my grandmother. And she goes, she could never get my name right. So she'd go Johnson. And I go, yeah. She goes, I brought you a gift. I was like, you didn't have to do that. And she's like, it's not a big deal. And she hands me a little 25 cent supermarket book that says how to predict the future with playing cards. Wow. And I'm like, what, like, why would, why would my grandmother's sister, who I don't really know, right? Why would she bring me that? Like, it was a weird, all these things were synchronicity, themselves right? in front of you. Yeah. Okay. So now I know you could read with playing cards and now I know you could read with these tarot cards, right? So I've studied the book. I look at the stuff and that coming week, I said to my cousin Florence, because grandma's house, everybody's over there. Um, I said, can I, can I do something for you? So I read for my cousin Florence. And now, when I say I read for her, let me just be really clear. I have a book in my hand and I'm like, I put a card right. down. And I'm like, and then I tell her what it means. And then I added to it. Like, and that's what I did. Two weeks later, she goes, are you going to be grandma's, uh, grandma's house on Sunday? And I went, yeah. She's like, okay. I go, I live there. So of course I'm going to be there. She's like, yeah, I want you to, do, I want you to do my cards again. I'm like, no. And she said, why not? And I went, I don't even know what I'm doing. She's like, well, dude, everything you told me happened in the last two weeks. And I remember saying, I go, Florence, I don't even know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm like making up a story. She goes, right. well, then make up a story again. She goes, because the one that you made up last time, it all happened. She goes, and honestly, you shouldn't have known the stuff that you knew. And then I, I did it again. And then ah. she told her friends and then they told two friends and it was like that agree shampoo commercial. Right. And so on and so right. on. And it literally became something that I, I was just doing because I could. So my first love, right. So in front of me all the time, here's my little um, Bacardi gold reserve bag. I don't drink, but are my cards and I always have them with me. Like 
it's just like my my first thing that I resonated with. You keep so, them. You travel on a plane with them, no matter where you go. They're with you. I always. I always they're have the them. first it's, cards you got. Those are the ones that fell these, off the shelf. No, I oh. actually don't like. I I don't like those cards. I resonated more with this deck. So my second deck was were, were these. Um, it's called the Rider Weight, um, and they they have like images and pictures on them. And 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 tarot is really just about the archetype of the human spirit experience and the journey. So I think I resonated with what the journey that we are here to learn. Like I got very early on that this is a journey. And I also like to just address the, the word gift. I never felt like I had a gift. And I actually don't like the word gift being associated with the subject matter because so many times when you hear somebody who does this, they'll say, my gift is, I have a gift. And the gift that I, and whenever I hear that in this work, I always think I'm more special than you, right? I'm better than you. I'm gifted. And I, I, I want everybody listening to, this to, to know that everybody's intuitive and everybody has psychic ability and everybody could recognize when their loved ones and friends are around them and nobody needs a reading. That's the God's honest truth. And my grandmother used to get so upset with me. She'd be like, why are you telling people that? You're going to have no business. And I'd be like, it is not about business. It is about teaching. It is about raising awareness and letting people recognize that if they just pay attention to the universe, if they could be objective about the universe and take a few steps back Life really is like a soap opera and it really does give you foreshadowing of where we're going. And if you kind of just look down that line of probability, you can kind of see, alter, change, or go, mm, I'm not really good with this. So it takes a lot for somebody to be able to do that. Over years of meditation, that's what I do. For, I do it for clients because I'm looking at their line of probability. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, and it could reactivate at any time. 
And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that could last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. People who listen are trying to create their own success and certainly have had a lot of these experiences that apply to what you're talking about, but doubt themselves, second guess themselves, aren't sure which way to turn. Do I turn this? I always say when you jump, you fly, you know, how to listen to gut gut instinct. Oh my God. That's so, that's so crazy. I said the exact same thing. Really? Like verbatim. So my trajectory went from like, I never, I never not had a, I didn't. Okay. Well, you just freaked me out there a little bit Um, because my background's in healthcare. So I went and got a degree. My, I was working on a master's in public health and healthcare administration. And while working on my master's in that field, I wound up working at a hospital doing phlebotomy. I wanted to get my foot in the door. So here I am taking like 18, 21 credits at a college. I'm working at a hospital doing phlebotomy. What's phlebotomy? While always, phlebotomy is uh, working at a laboratory and I'm, it would be the venipuncturist, the person that comes in and draws your blood, right? Okay, so I was, a, I was the... I was the guy that came and stuck needles in your arm and, and, okay. and did that. Okay. So I did that clinically. Then I moved into an area called materials management. And then I moved into the, the like in, information systems for the hospital because I wanted to get into administration. And then my worlds kind of collided, right? So my worlds of the psychic world, which I never stopped doing from 15, right? All the way as I'm working into the, you know, it's like 10 years later. So now I'm 25 working at a hospital, getting my degree, doing this whole thing. Um, and my worlds were always kept separate. Somebody that I did a private reading for recognized me in the hospital and it spread that I actually worked at this hospital. Then people who couldn't get appointments with me, because I was booked six to six months, eight months, a year in advance for private readings and, and doing group stuff while still having my regular job and doing everything. Um, people started calling the hospital asking if they could get to me on my lunch hour. So there was a, um, there was a, a moment where my two worlds really, really collided because I was due for a huge bonus raise and promotion. My wife had said to me, you know, why are you killing yourself working so hard? Like, just do your psychic work. Like, there's clearly your demand. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I want a real job with right. the 401k. Like, that's how I was raised. Like, right. that's what my, that was, that was my mindset. Um, and she's like, yeah, I think you're kind of like just killing yourself for no reason. She's like, clearly people want to see you. So she's like, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's my passion. And the moment I start, the the moment I start like doing that for a job, now it's like, now I, now I have to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. so I I like the luxury of like sitting with somebody going like, "Eh, I don't like their energy. I want to read them. You know, like that was my, it was kind of my vibe. Well, fast forward, the vice president of my department comes in, he goes, can I, can I talk to you? I was like, absolutely. So here, Mr. Psychic, I'm like, here it comes the bonus, the raise, the whole nine yards. And it's like 3.30 in the afternoon. And this guy, Marty, looks at me and he goes, so what's this talking to the dead thing? 
And I literally felt like everything inside me like drain out because my whole, my two worlds collided. And I went, um, that's also belittling too, the way he said it. Yeah. I didn't even catch the belittling part. Cause I oh. just was like, I felt like, oh my God, I was exposed and naked. Right. So I was like, um, I'm in the middle of a project. Can I come back at five 30? Can we talk about it then? And he went, sure. I leave, I go to my office and I just went like this. I went, I don't care who you have to get, but get somebody in his family to show up at five 30. Right. So I go back into five 30 and I go, Marty, I could do two things. I could either explain to you what you're asking me. Um, or I can demonstrate. And I remember him going, Oh, please demonstrate. So I did. And then about 25 minutes in, we were kind of sitting side by side. He was like looking straight ahead and I looked at him and I was like, so that's pretty much what they're looking for. And I go, and I'm so sorry that they found me here. And I, you know, I have a long waiting list and blah, 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 blah. And he goes to me, you're, you're going to have to leave now. And there was like this pregnant pause. And I was like, leave, like you need some space, mm -hmm. Leave like pack up my desk. Don't come in tomorrow. And he goes, no, no, he goes, you just eradicated 45 years of belief system in 20 minutes with information. There's no possibly way you could know. You're in a he science goes, place. And like, now you're talking I, about the metaphysical like, to a He's like, I, I need to wrap my brain around this. So the next, the next morning, I show up like an hour before I'm due there because I'm like paranoid I'm going to lose my job. And he comes in early. And I remember he stops by my, my office. And he looks at me and he goes, why are you here? And I looked at him. I was like, because it's my job. I go, this is my path. This is what I'm going to school for. And he smiled at me and he goes, but why are you here? And like that night, my wife said to me, I really, really think you need to like leave. So I said, listen. If I don't get what they promised me, which was an 18% increase in my salary, by the way, if I don't get that, which was promised, I said, I'll take that as a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to be there and I'll leave. I got pulled into the office within a few weeks after that. And they gave me the big speech of how they fought for me and everybody else was getting a 1% increase, but I did such a stellar job because my boss was on maternity leave. I was going to get three. Mm. Don't even remember hearing a thing after that because in that moment, I just went, oh my God. I'm being called, the universe is calling me out on what I said. And I knew in that moment in 1995 that I was going to leave and I was going to do this work full time. And I said to everybody, I was beyond scared. I felt like I was standing on a cliff at night and somebody said, jump. And when I jumped, I wasn't sure if I was going to fall. And instead I soared. That's amazing. I do say that about people because people are really stuck in jobs and whether how to leave and they have a 401k and they don't know how to leave corporate America and start, uh, you know, an artisan coffee shop or whatever it is. And you got to just at some point you're going to have to decide you can't ride two horses at the same time. I mean, it's right. not that easy to be great at multiple things at the same time. But I also think it's really important for people that are listening to this that they have to make sure that their ego self is in balance and in check when they make that jump. I wouldn't want anybody listening to this who can't back up what it is that they think they want to do, do it, and then go, I listened to Bethany and John Edward, and I jumped, and I fall and crashed and burned, and it's their fault. Right. Uh -uh. So what's important is to make sure that you legitimately have something you can jump to. 100%. And you can back up whatever that is. Because I've had too many people that will read the books, the life coaching books, they'll take, you know, they'll walk across their fire, they'll do this, they'll do that. And then the moment that they try to put something into effect, they fall flat on their face, because they really can't legitimately back up what it is. Well, because so, well, I, I've never had someone come because I always say, you need to know if you're really an entrepreneur, because the re the true entrepreneurs that I know, say, 
they work 24 hours a day. It doesn't mean they're sitting in front of a desk 100%. 24 hours a day. It means their minds are going. They're solving problems. They're playing chess, not checkers. They're not thinking about lunch. They're not thinking about the vacation. And I don't work for human resources. So, you know, it is a and mindset. It's, so it's just what you are. And it doesn't mean that I make my staff work 24 hours a day. They have a balanced life now. We've got everybody covering everybody else. But the people who want to go all the way work that way. And that's just the way it is. So you got to just know if that's who you are. And that will help you determine whether you want to go take that road. And if you put passion into your profession, it yields profit. And profit doesn't just mean money. Profit is in accomplishment. Profit is in how you feel about yourself and a, a life balance of, you know, are you living your actual path, right? Like your, your goal. So could I have stayed in a hospital environment? Yes. Did I like it? The administrative part, I absolutely hated. The clinical side, I actually liked. Like I enjoyed working in the clinical side. So if I wasn't doing something along these lines, I probably want, would want to be a frontline worker. I probably would want to be in surgery. I'd want to be doing something in that type of I get he it. healing place. I, I get it. I literally said to Paul, like I'm, I'm negotiating another iHeart show, but for the first year that I didn't, there was some loophole and I didn't get paid to do the podcast for the first year, which wasn't with iHeart. I didn't care. I literally... I talk to people every day that I had nothing, I knew nothing about. And I sit here and I devour these conversations. I'm so passionate about it that I would do it for free. Yep. I don't care if I hard hears that because I'm not going to do it for free because that's just market <laughs> value. And I do a lot of philanthropy, yep. but I love it so much. And I want to be able to not do many other things because of that. So yes, this is, I'm working right now in sweatpants that I slept in, but I did, you know, shower. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just love it. So, okay. So I want to hear about... Um, does this crowd your mind? How do you have a separation of this work and life? Like some people can't watch a movie if they're a director because they're thinking about that shot and the way this is and the way that is, or if everyone's pulling at you to ask you questions. I mean, don't you need a sense of peace? And like, I think when my mind is really crowded and busy, I can't have good creative thoughts. They don't come to me. So I would imagine in your work, if you're worried about the house and we've got to do this and we're moving and you, you, my wife's upset about this and this happened, like it's not that easy for you to work in this way. It seems like you need freedom in your mind and body. So energy is really now what we're talking about, right? So okay. everything in my world is framed under the umbrella of energy and how that works. So I left the deli and every, every, when I'm 13 to 15 years old, right? That's the deli world. And every day, Mr. M would come in and he would see me there and he'd go, can, can I poach you? Would you come like work for me at the video store? And I would say, no, I'm good. But every day I had his, you know, his bologna on, on his roll with butter ready for him. And every day he would ask me that. And then the one day when the deli got sold, I waited for Mr. M to come in and I gave him a sandwich and he said to me, thank you. And I went, don't you want to ask me anything else? And he goes to me, nope. And I went, are you sure? And he went, sure. You want to come work for me? And I went, yes. And he went, really? And I went, yes. So I went working to the video store. So I went from the deli in the same parking lot to the video store. Seven years in one parking lot I, I worked at. So now I'm, I'm managing the video store. And one of the things that happened during this period of time is I used to attack read people that would walk up to the counter. But wait, doesn't that mean itself before you get to the video store? Doesn't that mean you wanted one door to close before you open the next? You wanted to focus all your energy on this one thing and do it well versus doing both? Is that why? 
No, I just, I, I always felt like it was important for me to help my mom and make sure that I always took care of myself financially from the age of 13. So from 13 to 15, I worked at the deli, making sure I was paying for my own oh, stuff. So it's just very literal. You just stopped one job and yep. started another. Okay. And then, got um, it. Okay. I always worked like I always work, work. So and from 15, you know, for, for a few years after that, I was managing the video store, but that's where my development really kicked in. So now I'm meditating. I'm learning about how to work with energy. I'm learning a little bit about astrology. I'm working with tarot, numerology, and I'm seeing clients. I'm reading clients. I'm working at a psychic fair, right? Because I had gone to see three other psychics. Three other psychics picked up on my abilities. One of those psychics invites me to a psychic fair. The lady at the psychic fair, I read for it. She puts me to work that day. I'm now seeing clients, right? So this is the trajectory. I go from reading my cousins and their friends to reading every Sunday at a psychic fair in the tri-state area. So you're busy. I'm busy. <laughs> but when this instrument is working, it's even working more. That's what I'm asking. Yep. If you go away for four weeks, is it like a little different and well, you're not as alive with it? And nope. when you're in a- at, at this period of time, I'm constantly on and I'm constantly reading. And okay. now people are coming in the video store and they're walking up and I'm attack reading them at the counter. The okay. owner of the store is telling me, don't do that. You're freaking people out with the Ouija thing that you're doing. Okay. Right. And then I you know, started to get like, I started to get physically sick. And the woman that did my first reading said to me, well, are you powering yourself down? And I went, right. what does that mean? She's like, what do you mean? What does that mean? She goes, you need to recharge yourself. You need to power yourself right. down. That's what and I'm then saying. somebody else that I studied with, right. I was taking classes with someone and she said, would you ever watch your neighbor shower? And I'm like, what kind of a question is that? She goes, would you ever from the outside of her house, watch your neighbor shower? And I'm like, no. She goes, but could you? And I said, well, her bathroom's on the first floor. So physically, yeah. She goes, would you? And I was like, of course not. That's creepy. Why, why are you asking me that? Right. She goes, just because you could doesn't mean you should. And remember, never do it psychically. And once she framed it like that for me, I recognized that anybody who has this ability has the ability to look at anybody on the street and enter their vibration without their permission and read and know stuff about them. And in that moment, I recognized that it's never appropriate to enter someone's vibration without their expressed permission. So it's mm-hmm. not okay to ambush reading someone. It's not okay to attack read someone. If somebody did not ask me, right, then it's not my place to be going into their pockets, going into their life pockets, going into their home, opening their drawers, right? That whole violated feeling that I had when I gave that woman, Lydia, permission to read me, people can do that. Anybody can do that if they do this work. And it's not okay, right? So in that moment, I recognized, oh, now I have boundaries. I have boundaries. Well, that and I have boundaries, to work out. but I also heard for people at home, like you need to, like she said, power down. You can't just be running a hundred miles an hour. Gordon Gecko, money never sleeps, was not correct. Like I have my greatest ideas when I'm in the Hamptons. I'm meditating. I'm looking at the water. I take a yep. walk on the beach. They all come. I solve problems versus like crowded. Let's do it all. Let's figure it all out. Let's work on everything. Let's be great. You know, that's not when the ideas come. The best ideas to solve problems are between sleep and wake for me. I want to name something. I think something it's when i'm just waking up and like it comes to me because you've allowed your body to rest so can't it has to be the same with you because you're expending Um, so much of your personal energy on these people so the reality is i'm always psychic i can always focus it i can always turn it on but i most of the time keep it off so unless i'm going to be reading for someone i'm i'm not expelling the psychic energy in my everyday life i am still psychic in my knowledge i still know everything that i know but I'm not actively. So if I was a singer, I'm not singing. The instrument is, you're not using the instrument all the time. I'm not using the instrument. Correct. But you personally also, there's something comes out of you to do this. So it's probably giving yourself a little bit of a healing process too, for your just life and your personal body. As you can see, like 
if you see the environment behind me, I need this. I get it. I need, I, I need this. I, I need, I need order. So for anybody that wants to know, like, how could you empower your life? Get rid of the clutter. I'm the same. You have to get rid of the clutter. You have to have organization. You have to make sure that you have some type of protocol and order in what you're doing. Yep. Crisis run management is not success. So it's really important to make sure that you have some type of order to your thoughts. Um, even if it means you're going to go today, just today, and go organize your clothes in your bathroom, um, your bedroom, you know, full things, get rid of stuff. It's really important to make sure that you have some type of energetic order as well. We're the same person. I have to set myself <laughs> up for emotional success. I have to have my environment be peaceful. I'm an utterly organized person, but the same way as you, I need to feel my happy place. I need to go walk yep. on the beach. I need to yep. set myself up for emotional and physical success. So that's very good advice and true. And I think people don't focus as much on that. People focus on being awake, not being asleep, being up and on it and not relaxing. And I think that's huge. Um, so when someone says uh, tea leaves, tarot card, psychic, medium, are they all like, are they all the same thing? Can you do all of them? Do these people that have this gift do they play in all of these spaces or is it a no. specialization in each, in each area? I think there's a specialization. So, you know, to be psychic means that you're using your intuitive abilities and that might kind of get that. And, and what are the abilities? The abilities are being able to see energy, feel energy, hear energy, sense energy, smell energy, taste energy, right? Downloads, generically speaking, right? That's how information will come, come across. And, and a psychic will use that to talk about where you're at in your life, hopefully validate some things in the past to validate that they actually can do this, and then give you a projection. I personally don't like the word prediction because prediction makes it seem like you can't change it. Mm -hmm. And the control freak in me doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. I want to know that I have control over my future. So I know that there are certain destiny faded moments that will happen. Um, and we learn our lessons through those. However, I think how we get from point you know, A to B is free will. And if we don't like something, we can probably alter shift or change that. The medium part of my ability, I have to be psychic first. And the medium part is now where somebody who's coming through from the spirit world is going to give me information about my client. And it feels very, very different. So if I'm doing a reading- That's a specific skill set. That's a different yes, that's a, analysis. And, and not every psychic, and I want everybody to know this, not every psychic is a medium. Mm -hmm. And in 2000, when I did Crossing Over and the word mediumship like became blown up, everybody and their brother, from a business standpoint, wanted to capitalize on that, started calling themselves mm -hmm. mediums. They're not, right. not every psychic is a medium. Um, like I have spent, let's see, 36 years in this field and 36 years studying astrology. You will not hear me call myself an astrologer. Mm -hmm. I will not read your astrological chart. I can talk about it. I can have a conversation mm -hmm. about it, but I respect the fact that somebody has dedicated their life to astrology. And I'm going to refer that person mm -hmm. to an astrologer because that's what their field of expertise is. It's like your general doctor saying, no, 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 you don't need the cardiologist. Like, I understand how the heart right. works. I'm going to take care. Right. No, you go to the cardiologist when you have that right. issue. So I look at my world in energy and as healthcare, because my background comes from healthcare. So for me, all of those things that you talked about, tarot, astrology, numerology, um, tea leaves, palm reading, psychometry, all of that those are tools numerology and like a like a scalpel in the hands of a surgeon it's got a tool it. i got i get it you know the thing is that i think 
good takeaway energy it's we all feel it you go out one night and either it's the room that there's just bad energy you can feel the energy it's not something something's wearing it could be i have a bar in my outside my house for some reason you could go from my house into this outdoor bar every time someone walks in there they go crazy and dance and have the best time and want to stay there till four o'clock in the morning there's an energy in that space it's just a fact there are energy it's programmed there are energy you program you pro it's programmed like that and that energy gets reinforced right so you know you hear a lot about these paranormal haunting things and places that are haunted and it's got bad energy and then people go there and then they compound that bad energy and it becomes a thought form right? So thoughts create reality. So whether a thought is being created as a reality that that house is haunted and when you go there, you now have a cognitive bias that you're going to see here and feel something Mm woo-woo, right? Because I've gone to those places and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel shit. Like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. To me, I feel like, you know, I went to Stonehenge and I was like, they were like, what do you feel? I'm like, damn, I feel damp. Like, I didn't feel anything mystical or, or, or cool. But then I could be like in a in a, in a venue in, in Scotland where I'm going to do an event and go, ooh, this has got a really bad vibe or like it doesn't, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. good and find out that there was, a, there was a fight in the bar the night before I was there so I could sense the energy of that place. Right, it could be flowing and moving and, and, and changing. Our, our thoughts manifest our reality, right? You program your future. So if you don't like something, fire the program director of your life and then decide what it is that you want to attract, right? So if you have a radio station and you want to attract a young, hip, urban audience, are you going to be playing Conway Twitty and you know old country Western music? Absolutely not. What you broadcast, you're going to attract. So if you want to attract a specific audience, you have to broadcast the thoughts and the and the energy that's going to pull that in. But even on a more micro, if you're in an office and there's one person that just doesn't have that good energy and it can pull the whole team down. And maybe that person's not in the right spot or doesn't shouldn't belong there. But I do say to people, don't spend a lot of time around people that have negative energy. I feel like it parasite it sucks it out of yep. you. I feel like they pull off yeah. of you. I, I'm very scared of that stuff. Like I've heard people say people who are jealous of you or people who you know, don't want your best interest. You can sort of feel it and know it. And I just don't want to be around that. Like I don't care so what people here, think about me not wanting to be around that. Here's an aspect, Bethany, for your listeners. When you do this work, psychic self-defense is imperative. Most people hear the psychics don't spend enough time protecting their energy, right? Mm-hmm. So we hear about safe sex all the time. Well, safe psychic is also something. You want to protect your energy. So in order for me to do a reading for somebody and meditate, I will smudge and sage my area, right? And then I will visualize myself protected. So how do you do that? Well, you could imagine yourself standing in a column of white light. You can imagine yourself standing in a column like when people got beamed up on Star Trek. You could use whatever sci-fi movie you want where you're standing in light, but you ask for a protection. And you kind of dome yourself so that those people can't parasitically affect you. And then you just choose not to allow that to affect you. It's like putting gloves on. Like, I, right. don't, I don't want to touch the dog poop, so I'm going to put gloves on, I'm going to pick up the poop, I'm going to move it, take my gloves off, and now I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, and it could reactivate at any time. And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that can last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about you have a different type of profession. Maybe even not. Actors have failed movies and other people have failed albums and you know people in offices screw up. But, but nobody has a 100% rate and you are in a highly criticized profession. Everybody's just a, a detective and always trying. You're, you're starting right. from a place of everybody wanting to say... You're a scam. You're you're not. You know that's so that's a hard place to be starting. You know, um, people yep. don't lawyers a little bit. People walk in and think they're scammers, but like people don't think that about most doctors or most you know whoever. So my question is, um, do you do you get caught up ever in the wanting to prove it, like being embarrassed about if you miss your hits, your misses, your highs, your lows, your batting average, like. Do you, I'm sure you used to do more than now, but like, how does that work in your life? And, and, um, it's, you're supposed to miss sometimes because you're a human being and because nobody, right. you know, Babe Ruth didn't hit a home run every single time. So how does that whole thing work mathematically, emotionally, that whole section I'm talking about? So as a kid, when I was doing this work, I would literally be like wrapped around your leg as you were leaving my office going like they were here, you know, like that type of thing, like needing them to know. Over a period of time, what I kind of really embraced was a message, probably the greatest gift I was given in this field 
Well, someone said to me, just remember, you don't always have to be right, mm -hmm. but you have to strive to be accurate. Now, what that means in this field is that you're not going to come from a place of ego needing to be right. You're going to strive to get as much information as clearly across as possible, which means that you're going to have enough ego to allow yourself to do it, but not so much that you have to be like always right or the, the client always has to react. Sometimes I have a sheet of paper that people are done with and I'm like, listen, I don't know what this is, but I need you to write this down. In case I screwed it up, I want you to remember you know, what something, you know, might be. And there is a process, right? So I went and got tested in 1989, 2000 at the University of Arizona. Dr. Gary Schwartz was doing something. HBO was doing a documentary called Life After Life, America Undercover. And it was a documentary that was greenlit by HBO. And they reached out to me and said, would you be a part of this? And I was like, hmm, I don't really like TV. I prefer radio, but Maybe. And they said, well, we have a Harvard and Yale trained scientist that wants to run experiments on the subject matter. That was intriguing for me because I'm like, wait a minute, that's like professional. Like that is like somebody wants to, somebody wants us to stand up for what we do. So then another medium named Suzanne Northrop called me and said, are you going to do this? I got, I got called, called for this. She's like, I kind of feel like we should do this. Like they want to study us. Like, shouldn't we like do it's this? It's real. Like it's like, finally real. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should do this. And another medium called me and said, do not do this. It's a setup. They're going to expose you or try to expose mediums as frauds. And I'm like, I don't feel that, right? So long story short, he chooses not to do it, but literally tells me that this is what the genesis of this is. He declines it three, two or three times, and we go and do it. It was a really positive experience. You can go look it up, Life After Life, HBO America okay. on the cover. Okay. So this was, um, it was produced by Lucky Duck Entertainment and the okay. journalist, Linda Ellerby, right? So she's like a journalist journalist, right? right? Who does it? Okay, so fast forward, it was a very positive experience. There's a whole book written about the afterlife experiments and the, how they ruled out mind reading, facial cues, reading body language. They set up all the double blind studies. Okay, so now it's years later and I'm at a celebrity's house who used to run a, a poker game. And I happen to, you know, frequently go once a week. And mm -hmm. Linda Ellaby happens to be there one night. And she says to me, hey, do you know the backstory of that, that production? And I went, no. I go, but thank you for including me. I said, it was, a, it was a great experience. I said, I felt like I contributed to raising awareness. She goes, yeah. She goes, we were actually hired to expose mediums as fraud. And I like looked at her and I went, what? And she went, yeah, we were exposed to hire. We were we were hired to expose you guys as frauds. And I said, well, that wasn't the outcome of your documentary. And she said, no, it wasn't. I said, can I ask you, Linda, like what changed? She goes, you. She goes, you changed the trajectory of the documentary. She goes, I couldn't as a journalist with my team go back to HBO and do what they asked because we found different experiences. Amazing. And I just literally sat there. I looked at my wife because she knew the backstory of the other medium going, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. And she looked at me and she was like, well, that is a compliment you should take to the grave. Like that is a, that is absolutely huge. So that was and like, him too. He called it. He absolutely feel it. He got he, him too. He, he was, a, he was a real medium he, too. He was absolutely a hundred percent correct. 
So wow. I, I was like, wow, that was an, a, so that was pre crossing over. So I did that and then crossing over happened. That made you feel legitimate. That made you feel the most legitimate because that was like something literally designed for you to crash and you didn't even it, know it and you thrived. Through yeah, that. It, it, it wasn't that I felt legitimate, Bethany. It was more like I felt like I stood up for the work. You stood up for the work, but that was courageous. Wow. So, um, and I won't- And not just me, by the way, not just me. The other mediums involved, like we all energetically, you know, I just had the opportunity to have that conversation with Linda, but I feel like it was like all of us that did that. That's amazing. Were... That sounds like a turning point for the industry too, you know? Yep. Um, so I won't keep you too much longer. This is fascinating and I could keep you on for an hour. I would love to, but I don't want to um, do that to you. So this is, um, so effectively what you've been saying is that everybody has it in them, but yes. do, would, will you ever walk by a carnival for fun? Do you have kids? You have kids? Yes. And, and, and if there's a woman with a crystal ball and cards, do you ever do it? Do you ever stop and just sit no. and see? Never. You don't. OK, so what percentage of these people are scams? I, I would think a good percentage of, of people who a, a good, good percentage. percentage. I always tell people to be very, very weary about like, especially with social media right now. Like I spend so much time on Facebook, Instagram and in my comment section having to direct message people after they've direct messaged me back because they they're getting scammed or spammed, spam scammed, how are they, you know? Spam scammed, yeah, okay. Where, where people are saying like, I've got a message for you, you know, contact me. And and people don't even realize that it's not me. Like, just because it's a, it's right. a comment on my page, they just go, okay. But they don't they don't right. realize that if they click on that, there's no blue verified check mark, right? And and I, I thought, well, all right, well, maybe it's just like some people just are, maybe they don't read. But then people that I knew were like, dude, why are you asking me for like, you know, for money on, on Instagram? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they'll send me the thing. I'm like, dude, that's not God. even me. You know me. Like, right. how do you think that's me? You know, so it's the equivalent of getting the email. Hey, I'm in a different country and I lost my passport. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. But I, but what you are saying, which is interesting for this listener, is that if you feel that you have something or someone you've seen the signs or someone's talked to you and this has spoken to you, like anything else, it's a craft to work on. Go it start working ability. on it and seeing if you're getting results. 100%. There's an ability. That's, yeah, that's. What I want people to do is I want people to look at life through an energetic lens. I've got a 19-year-old son. I've got a 14-year-old daughter. Both of them have been raised in the realm of understanding the world of energy and metaphysics and to look at life and use the tools of astrology and numerology to understand who they are, um, what their path is. You know, she's a successful actress. He's, he's in going to be schooled to become a doctor. Neither one of them do what I do, right. but they understand it as a language. It's in right? their life. So yeah. I, I, I like to demystify the subject matter. I like to get rid of the whole, like, I'm special and it's right. gifted, right? It is an energy. If somebody worked, like, Here's the best, best You're example. You're in tune. I, can I feel body work when I, when they'll put their hands just over my body. They're not touching me, and I feel it. So that's energy right. from their body going into my body, craniosacral. It's intention. Yeah, yep. and you feel it's intention. it. Yeah, and people have literally been healed. I mean, there are studies. It's scientific that people have been healed by people's hands, not even actually touching your skin. So there Correct. is obviously something. Energy is strong. I like that. Just to say to people, it doesn't matter if you want to be, uh, quote unquote, a professional medium you just can have it in your life which i love that um so a couple more questions and then we'll let you go um highs and lows the high of your career and the low of your career so this is a rose and a thorn the high and the low hmm. it's a great question um the high of my career i don't know if i can even answer that i don't think i don't know if i have an answer for that that's okay i think i think the high of my career would be a theme 
And it's a collective theme, accumulation of watching the lights go on in people's eyes to know that there's something else and that when they lose a loved one and they think they're gone, that that grief, that, that, that canyon of grief that people feel lost in, that they could find their way out knowing that there's something else and that they're not alone. That to me would be the high, like knowing that life and love are eternal. Um, the low part, um, you know, I guess the low part would just be knowing that I have two, I, I have two options. You know, I'm either this heinous person who's taking advantage of grieving people mm-hmm. or I'm delusional and crazy, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess I respect, I respect that because I was that person when I first came in the field. So I have a little bit of a like, eh, I know where you're at. You know, I, you just, you don't know. Like right. I, I learned. And so I, I guess that's probably the closest. People will always think of you as the emperor without clothes, no matter what. You'll always be some, yeah, it's just, the, it's the life you chose. Well, you know, either, either, either I'm the person that, you know, really helped someone you know, and I have the emails and letters and, you know, go on Facebook to, you know, to prove that, or you can just Google South Park, you know, season six, I think episode 15, where they've named me the biggest douche of the universe. So it's like, like, you know, I have, I have both ends of the spectrum and that's okay. And that's okay because I'll take that and I'll take all the negatives that come with it for the next time I'm sitting in front of a parent who's lost a child and I can help them know that their kid's okay. Or the person who's lost their loved ones from COVID and couldn't be in the room and I can help them know that their loved ones are okay. And we're met by people who have gone on before them because nobody passes alone. So, you know, death brings so many unanswered questions for people in circumstances. And sometimes they don't get answered in the reading. But when we find that there's a survival of consciousness and that life and love are eternal, that to me is a reward. Wow. And you, how long have you been married? 25 years. So what would be your, um, some of the guidelines or tools that you go to when things aren't great or just to, to keep your marriage together. Not that you have any problems. I'm just saying I talk to people about successful relationships and everybody has the most unique wisdom from giving each other space to connecting once a day to fixing themselves, not the other person. So what would be your uh, successful relationship advice? I, I think being friends, you know, like my son had asked me many years ago when he was a kid, he goes, would you ever cancel mommy out? And I didn't know what the I didn't know really what he was asking me. And I'm like, I don't know. I said, Justin, daddy's got a pretty big personality. I go, is that what you're asking me? Like, like, am, am I too big for mom? Like, what, what is the question? He goes, no. One of his friends, his, his parents were getting divorced. He goes, would you ever? And I go, oh, would mommy and daddy ever get divorced? Uh, I go, oh. I go, well, here's the good news. Even if we wound up getting divorced, right? Because sometimes you never know what happens in a, in, in a, in a, in a future. If there's a lesson there for one of us. Um, Here's what you just need to know. We actually genuinely like each other as people. Mm-hmm. So it really wouldn't matter. So I think friendship is important. You know, like, I feel like I'm a character that she could write for a TV show. She's a character that I could write for a TV show. Like, we know the characters so well. You enjoy that, each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't matter. And like, like, you know, with the pandemic, I've been home for like 18 months and not been on the road. It's the first time I've been around her this long for mm-hmm. so long and you know she'll jokingly say like uh isn't there some city or state you right. need to be in like you know time for you to go pack your bags let's go like yeah like- and i like that because most people you know i think that hollywood with with images is trying to make every relationship perfect and i like to talk about the i like to embrace the imperfections it gives other people hope and makes them feel that their life is real and just tools to have a successful realistic relationship you know without the fairy tale princess aspect of it um, okay. So did you, uh, did you 
while we were talking, and I'm not asking you to read me, yeah, were yeah. you like thinking about me, reading me, anything? Did you like, that doesn't happen? Like, were you picking up who I am or I'm not? Is that how, does it work like that or no? No. Just two I, people I, talking I, at a restaurant. Yeah, no, I was just really and enjoying the questions. And you actually freaked me out with the when you said the whole- you When know, you jump, you, you fly. Yeah, when you, you jump, you fly. Because I said, you know, when I jumped, I soared. So yeah, that was kind of cool. Awesome. Like that, that was like a, a cool parallel. Well, I appreciate the time. What an interesting oh, interview. Well, I'm so thrilled to have met you. I know we have friends in common and um, you're close. So maybe we'll all get together because I'm literally an hour away from you now. But I just appreciate Let's the time. It. So congratulations on everything. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, love to your family. And thank you so much. All righty. Thanks for having me. Wow, that was John Edward. He is a person that is known in the world as a successful medium, but he doesn't think of himself as a medium. He talks about himself as a writer. He does speaking engagements. He's an educator. But the thing that I took away the most was that he's saying we all have it in us, meaning it's about energy and like anything else, it's not about somebody just sitting outside a tent with a crystal ball. It's that he focuses on this instrument, this this craft, this thing that he realized reluctantly early on in his life that was a path that he should embark on. And he was certainly not in an environment where that would be a normal thing to do. So it definitely compelled him. So um, it's just interesting for us all to think whether you believe or don't believe, you definitely believe that, you know, things happen for a reason or that certain rooms have good energy or bad energy or that a friend has good energy or bad energy. So it's just something for us to all think about. Thought it was a great conversation different conversation with someone in a different profession, but yet still a person who has created a successful business and has been on an interesting journey. And we can learn from so many different people, so many different paths to success. So thank you again. Rate, review, and subscribe. That was really, really interesting. And I love bringing different people on. I just love that I can learn so much about a business from Ben and Jerry, from Jeffrey Katzenberg, from Cameron Diaz, from John Edward, you know, I'm intentionally bringing on different people who I just think might have an interesting story. Suzanne Summers, so many people said she had the most interesting story. It's just people that we would never really get to hear how they got to where they are. So I love it. Um, I'm glad you do too. And have a wonderful day. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bang! 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.